Happy Friday, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. We're your hosts, Cindy Robinson. Ashley Amos. And Caroline Gonzalez. And you guys, it's Falcons Week. Ugh, so exciting. We're previewing the Saints versus Falcons with Falcons reporter Kelsey Conway and talking Pelicans' recent moves and news. Now let's dive into Sunday's matchup, guys. The Saints are traveling to Atlanta for their first road game of the season at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Mm. Not Superdome, Stadium. The lesser, the lesser of the, the two. The <laughs> other one, the other one over there. <laughs> and it's a lot earlier than last season where the, they didn't play each other till week 14 last year. So we're seeing a lot of the um, division opponents early this season. That's two in the first three weeks. Yeah. Like, but both the Saints and Falcons are one and one, so you know this matchup. Like the rivalry is already a big deal, but the matchup now, like going to that one and one, it's like who's gonna take over, you know, for the NFC South. Mm-hmm. Ashley, with you being a lifelong Saints fan, what is your favorite part about this rivalry? Oh man, gosh, I don't know. It was interesting today. So I looked up the history of this rivalry, right? And so, first of all, being a Saints fan, living here. Working for the organization, obviously, we can't circle any game, right? Mm-hmm. They're, you know, one game at a time, whatnot. But playing the Falcons, it's just a little different. It just means a little bit something different um, when it comes to being a Saints fan. Um, I looked back at the history. Uh, actually, uh, Falcons, uh, the reporter for the Falcons, did this interesting article about where it started and, like, why the rivalry started. And it basically started when both of the teams came into existence. They were looking to expand the league, and the Falcons came in in 66, and then the Saints came in 67. They were the two t- first teams really in the deep, deep south. And uh, they were actually uh, – they you know, obviously because of the proximity of where both teams are located, there was a natural rivalry there. And I believe the first time they met in the regular season, the Falcons were one, let me see, I think I have it in my notes somewhere, one, eight, and one, and the Saints were one and nine. And it came down to the last drive. So Billy Kilmer was quarterback at the time, Mm -hmm. and he threw a pass, and it was intercepted by the Falcons, but they called it back for pass interference. And the Saints went on to win that game. And it was claimed the Dixie title, like it was the Dixieland title. matchup game the Dixie game and um so overall the Falcons are 52 and 46 in this matchup they've played we played 98 times but Drees Breeze versus Matt (laughs) Ryan Ryan. he leads they've met up this will be the 20th consecutive time and Breeze leads that with 11 wins yes so, I mean, like I said, there's just so many monumental, like, moments when it comes to the series. Obviously, the Katrina, the reopening of the Dome game, that was just the Gleason block punt. I mean, when you think Saints-Falcons, you just yeah. automatically, your brain goes to that game right. and what it meant to this city, what it meant to be a fan in this city, what it meant to be anybody who is living in, you know, just this idea of that we could, the, the city could return mm-hmm. and the Saints were the, that beacon of hope. Um, obviously, our department here at the Saints did a whole documentary on it. Right. Uh, right. Be sure to tune in uh, uh, when the Saints are coming. Um, yeah. Available on NewOrleansSaints.com. Right. Um, but, that was so good. You know, I think this rivalry, I, as someone who went to LSU, mm-hmm. you, y'all know I, I love my Tigers. Yep. Uh, oh, Tigers. <laughs> LSU-Alabama, I equivalent this game to LSU-Alabama. Right. You know, it's just it just means something different. Right. And it's just you walk in with a little bit more pep in your step. 
on Monday mm-hmm. if we come away with the victory. Yeah. Um, and, and then you call I, in sick. If and we this don't. game is a physical game. <laughs> like going back in time, this game is a physical football game. Yeah. And that was kind of when we were looking, when I was looking at the history of these two teams, the reason it was such a popular matchup was the physicality. People right. felt like they were watching like almost a college game, just like that, you know, grind in, grind out physical matchup. So I'm excited for Sunday. I am too. And coming not being from New Orleans, I didn't have that same experience of like Saints Falcons, Saints Falcons can't wait, you know. So I am from Dallas and so I never really bought into the Saints rivalry until I was here last mm-hmm. year. And it was funny because on all the comments on all the Facebook videos I used to watch, it was always like Dirty Birds, as long as we beat the Dirty Birds, as long as we beat the Dirty Birds. And I didn't really get it and then we played them later in the season and I finally got it, especially when we played them in the Mercedes Benz Superdome and I've never heard that play so loud. It was insane. <laughs> and I think my family was there for that game. I believe it was around Christmas time um, when we played them in the Dome. And it was it was awesome. And so that's when I kind of finally realized how much of a like rivalry this was. I'm going to tell you right now, if you live in Louisiana mm-hmm. and are a fan of – I'll say football. Mm-hmm. If the other team is wearing red, <laughs> you do not <laughs> like that team. Right. <laughs> That's a good rule to live by. Yeah. There you go. Hey, you basketball, ready? we accept red. Yep. Love, love red. Right. But on football, no red. You better not be in red on Monday, anytime this week, right. or you're getting called out here in the <laughs> office. So. With that being said, obviously we know that it's such a huge rivalry, but there seems to be a mutual respect on both sides. Absolutely. In the Saints locker room, we heard Marshawn Lattimore speak about how he needs to be on his A game going up against Julio Jones because he knows, like, he's one of the best receivers Mm -hmm. in the game. So it's like they give their props to, you know, the other players saying, like, okay, well, I have to be on my top game. I got to be as good or even better to beat them. So it's not like a, I mean, it's a hatred in the sake of I want to beat you, but it's also a respect among players. I right? also think you have to look at both organizations and the success they've had in yeah. recent years, right? I mean, arguably two of the best teams in the best division in right. football, the NFC South. You know, I mean, Tampa Bay's making a run for yeah, it this year. Saying, you know, they're Panther, really- the Panthers <laughs> looking good, but you know, these two teams have been the top two. You know, yeah. year in year out, are fighting for that spot, and mm-hmm. so throughout the history of them being in this division so I think that always makes it very interesting too joining us now to give us their thoughts on the rivalry is Falcons reporter Kelsey Conway Kelsey thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me on guys no problem so okay to start off um obviously we've we've been talking about how big of a rivalry this is what's it like the vibe in Atlanta right now leading up to this game I think, you know, it's definitely, like you said, a rivalry game. But the interesting thing is is the Falcons' facility is um, about 45 miles north of the city. So, um, you know, it's not like we're down in the city where you can uh, get, like, the fans on the street and all of that. Um, that. That I'm sure I'll be able to tell more of this weekend. But um, inside the walls of the team, I mean, you can definitely tell that it's a rivalry week and the guys are super locked in and focused. But I think this weekend is when I'll really start to see the fans, they really get into this rivalry, which is to me like the best part about it. Is there anything going on differently at practice or have you heard anything in the locker room, especially from Julio Jones? Um, I know we've heard a lot from Marshawn Lattimore talking about how much he respects Julio and, you know, how um, he's a top receiver and things like that. But has um, anyone said anything that has kind of uh, 
perked your ears a little bit? No, you know, the Falcons, they keep every week the same. You know, they don't get up for one game more than the other. They treat every week the same. Um, but as far as, like, Marshawn Lattimore goes and, you know, other Saints players, I mean, the Falcons know how talented Drew Brees, um, Marshawn Lattimore, Cameron Jordan, I mean, all of those names have come up. And the Falcons, you know, pay their respects because they know the type of competitors they are. So... We know that you guys are dealing with a lot of injuries right now, um, and one of your main injuries to your running back core is Devontae Freeman. Now, I know Tevin Coleman was asked to step up, and he did last week, but I know it's only been one game. What are your thoughts on how he's handled that? Yeah, I mean, not having Devontae Freeman in the lineup is definitely, you know, not ideal by any means, but having Tevin Coleman as, you know, your second running back to carry the load is certainly a luxury. I mean, Kevin Coleman is as fast and explosive of a running back as they come. And, I mean, he had 10 carries for over 100 yards last week in his first game, you know, carrying the workload. And for him, he's been with the team so long now that there have been games where Devontae's been out that he's had to carry the load. So the Falcons have the luxury in having a number two running back who really has the experience of a number one running back, you could say. And he's he's a really, really good player. And then we also drafted Ito Smith, who um, was a rookie out of um, Southern Mississippi, and he he showed some promise in um, the game last weekend, too. So, obviously, not having Devontae Freeman is an ideal, but um, Falcons feel pretty good about who they have being able to run the ball this week. Kelsey, on the other side of the ball, uh, Deion Jones out. Um, D- Duke Riley, an LSU boy, uh, stepping in as middle linebacker. Had a good game last game against the Panthers, nine combined tackles. Um, how do you think he's adjusting to his role? I know Saints fans are probably happy that Deion Jones isn't uh, playing because he seems to always have a big game uh, when the Falcons <laughs> play the Saints. But um, yeah, Duke's, been, Duke's been asked to fill in, and he's done um, a really good job of taking on um, the responsibilities that he's had to take on. And, you know, Coach Quinn said that they don't, they don't need Duke to be Deion Jones. They don't need him to try and be anybody but himself because if Duke Riley is at his best um, – that's all they need and uh, he's definitely one of um, the better communicators on the team and at that position communication is really important so they were happy with um, that aspect of it for sure well while we're on defense each week you break down a Falcons player in your man behind the matchup segment and this week it was Hammond Louisiana native cornerback Robert Alford now I know you spoke with him about lining up against Michael Thomas so what do you think we can expect from that matchup I think you can expect definitely a competitive matchup. I mean, Robert Alford um, goes up against Julio Jones practice every day, and Michael Thomas and Julio Jones are really similar in size and stature. Um, they're both about the same height and around the same weight. Um, different players, but from that aspect, it's good that Robert Alford goes against him. So from that standpoint, he's used to it. But um, Robert Alford, you know, talks at length about how Michael Thomas has really good hands, um, and I've seen that, you know, for the first two games, Drew Brees um, and Michael Thomas have been on fire together. So I think you can definitely expect a competitive matchup. And um, Robert Alford, he plays really hard, and he's really competitive, and um, I think it will definitely be uh, a good matchup. And I think there will be a chance where 
you know, Desmond Trufant lined up on Michael Thomas um, um, in the Falcons defense, um, you know, it's not all about shadowing one player. Um, so we'll see how the Saints use Michael Thomas, but the Falcons feel pretty good about uh, both cornerbacks they have because Michael Thomas is quite the weapon. So this is the 20th time that Drew Brees and Matt Ryan have gone up against each other. Currently, Brees is ahead 11-8, to but it's always a close matchup. Both are very great quarterbacks. Kind of talk about that matchup. I think it's two of the best quarterbacks in the game. Like, I think the whole NFC South, the quarterbacks are just playing at such an elite level. I mean, obviously Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, then there's Cam Newton, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, this mm-hmm. NFC South division has some really talented quarterbacks. And, I mean, if you ask anybody inside the Falcons locker room, I mean, they just talk about how good of a quarterback Drew Brees is and that if you don't get pressure on him and if you don't affect him, you know, he'll make you pay, and he's shown that through a number of occasions, you know, late in the game when he leads the Saints down the field and they score. Um, and, you know, Matt Ryan was great last week against the Panthers, mm-hmm. two rushing touchdowns in addition to, um, you know, the way he played throwing the ball around the field. So I think we have two of the premier quarterbacks uh, going up against one another this weekend, which makes this rivalry so fun. Because you know it's going to be an offensive shootout. Exactly. Kelsey, before we let you go, I have to ask, you know, we're the Mercedes-Benz Superdome here in New Orleans, and you guys have the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. (laughs) Now, is your crowd going to be as loud as the Superdome gets? Because, you know, that's what they're known for here. Oh, I uh, I don't want to compare either or. I think Falcons fans, they do a great job – at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, it's an awesome stadium. It's great for um, a game. And, I mean, last year when the Saints came to town, Mercedes-Benz Stadium was rocking, and it was one of the best atmospheres I've ever been to. So I'm not going to compare one to the <laughs> other. Um, they're both great um, venues to see sporting games. But I think, you know, with this rivalry being what it is, we can definitely expect the crowd to be pretty into it on Sunday, which is really fun. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And I won't say good luck. We'll just say we'll see how this rivalry goes. <laughs> and we'll have to talk oh, again once absolutely. you guys come here. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me on. It was really fun to talk about this rivalry with you guys. Have a good day. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Okay. See ya. That was some great insight from Kelsey about this weekend's matchup. Uh, some quick notes for Saints fans. Tommy Lee. Lewis was placed on IR this week, which opens some opportunities for some other players in the kick return and punt return. Um, Coach Payton talked about it this week, you guys, to the you know media about possibly looking at Alvin Kamara, Ted Ginn Jr., and Austin Carr because they've all had snaps at punt return and have all caught pop punts through camp. So they're all guys that he's comfortable with doing that. Also, we saw Taysom Hill at kick return on Sunday and – 47 yards on his first NFL return, I don't think that's too shabby. <laughs> so I wouldn't be mad about that. Um, quick note, last year, Ted Ginn returned 19 punts for 103 yards. He has the most experience out of all of them with 257 career punt returns and 2,600 yards and four t- touchdowns. So, like, we, I think we're in good hands there. And obviously, Coach Payton is comfortable with Alvin back there. Who isn't comfortable with Alvin <laughs> in place? Um, and then, yeah, uh, other than that, we may see Cam Meredith active this week, which would be the first week during regular season for the Saints. 
Moving on to Pelicans, Monday is media day. It's the first time we'll get to see the players all together, and they'll address media, obviously, and do some fun things with our video production team. That'll be a fun day, just kind of the most lighthearted probably out of the year. Um, but ahead of that, today, uh, Pelicans GM Del Demps addressed the media, making some good points about what to look forward to into the season. Camp starts, obviously, next week. Uh we had a really good off-season with our guys as far as off-season workouts. We had a lot of participation in the voluntary workouts. We'll come into camp with 19 players. Um, coaching staff's been doing a really good job getting prepared. I thought our players, on the most part, are um, – no, I, I take that back. Our players, you know, they, they came in in great shape. Um, and so one of the good things going into training camp, um, we'll be healthy. Um, we got a couple guys with some minor little things, but on the most part, we're healthy. And, you know, we look forward to this training camp. Um, we have some new pieces, um, you know, with the signings of uh, Julius Randle and Alfred Payton. Um, you know, we'll use this training camp to try different lineup combinations and see how they work. You know, we have five preseason games, but we'll get a good um, understanding of you know, what we can do, what we can't do. But we also feel like we'll have a lot of healthy competition during training camp with um, uh, 19 guys. Uh, we have some roster spots that, you know, guys can make our team. And it, it, it's going to be a fun camp. It's going to be a time where uh, guys are going to come in. Um, but we also understand that we got a lot of work to do. We, we understand that the West is tough, the whole NBA is tough, and um, – we're basically going to be ready to, to, to embrace that challenge. Ladies, Dell touched on a lot of different things going, about going into training camp and preparing this team for this season. Ashley, what stood out to you the most? I think there's like three key points that stood out to me, um, especially today after the press conference. Number one, depth. This is the first time in a long time Pelicans can say going into the season, if God forbid we can stay healthy, right. they have depth. Right. And I think that's something as a fan you have to be excited about. Yeah, especially considering, like, the thought of when injuries plague us, we're looking to, like, okay, well, how how are the Pelicans going to, you know, react? How are they going to come up against this? Granted, they did well last year after Boogie's injury, but it was a fear of panic initially. So, yeah, depth is obviously something we want to see. We want to have a deep bench for sure. And it's not just random people in those positions. It's exactly. people that can actually add value. Right. I think the you know the second takeaway that I have, and I think from you know looking last year at last year's season, one of the things that was preached the most was transition defense. Mm -hmm. Because they're, the Pelicans are pushing the ball at such a fast pace, we have to be able to keep up, which towards the end of the season, right. I think the transition defense got a lot better. Right. But that's something that Coach Darren Ehrman is really, really pushing and really, really looking forward to for this team so I think that's something that you know a key factor that will make us good this season no I definitely agree I I heard um coach Ehrman talking about that and to their point their pace increased fast as soon as you know we deal we were dealing with all those injuries it was kind of like a different basketball team and so mm -hmm. they had to quickly adapt mm -hmm. to that different kind of pace but as the year went on they were able to say okay we're going at a much faster pace this is what we need to work on if we're going to go at that pace and they were able to adapt and they did really well in that and I think that's where the additions of Alfred and Julius Randle come in because, you know, they're younger, they have that speed, they're able to move in, in that pace of speed for the, you know, along with this team. I feel like that's 
they feel like they're going to fit in with this team. And, I mean, Dell talked about how great of a rebounder that Alfred Payton is mm-hmm. for a guard, and right. obviously we know Julius Randle can rebound the ball. Right. So I think that's something to look forward to. Right. I thought also interesting um, – I don't know if y'all caught this catchphrase, but it's something I think well, that will end up being the team slogan if it's not already coined that. It's on a T-shirt, so I guess that has to be the slogan. But impact winning. Mm-hmm. I think that's something to really think about. At first I was like, impact winning. What does that does mean? But after kind of talking to a few people, I think ultimately what that is saying is how can you as a player, as a coach, a member of the coaching staff, as a member of any of the staff in the Pelicans organization, you have, how can you have an impact Mm. to that ultimately winning the game? So Mm. what can you do as a player, step up to impact and, you know, ultimately get that win? And I think this year it's a lot more of, we belong here. You know, last year it was, oh, the Pelicans are going to get swept by the Mm -hmm. Trailblazers. You know, the Pelicans are just kind of scraping by. And now it's like, no, we belong here and we're going to we're going to make our name known. We're going to make a statement and we're going to have those games where we're not just sliding by. We're going to actually make our presence known. Honestly, whether the world believes it or not, it's more important that the team believes it. And I feel like seeing them even in their early off-season workouts, working out together, they see it. They believe it. They're buying into it. Alfred and um, Drew worked out together in L.A., and they seem like they are, you know, Drew had phenomenal Frank things Jackson. to say about Frank Jackson, and Frank yeah. Jackson. He had great things to say about both of them and seemed very encouraged and excited about this season. I think the team chemistry, you know, coming into this season is already at a higher level than it was prior to last season. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there was a lot of additions last season. The team still needed to gel. It kind of happened midway. Then you have the injuries and all these different things that kind of brings the team together. But I think you're kind of riding the wave almost, right? Obviously, you lost some major pieces, but you gained some major pieces. So I think overall team chemistry is starting in a better place, and I think this team is hungry. Oh, yeah, we're seeing that already, too. Like, the chemistry is a big deal. They're hanging out with each other already outside of the courts. You know what I mean? Like, they went to Beyonce. Some of them went to the Beyonce concert together. They're doing things together as a team, getting that camaraderie together because if you like your teammate, more likely you're going to play better with your teammate. I mean, you can play with someone you don't like but it's a different vibe for sure and I think those pieces that we added each one of them wants to make a statement mm-hmm. so you have Julius Randle who's coming off of the from the Lakers you have Jalil Okafor who's coming off of you know his little pesky knee injuries yeah. he wants to make a statement you have Alfred Payton who wants to make a statement mm-hmm. because he's coming from the magic and things like right. that and so I think you have a lot of key pieces and they all kind of want to make their name known and say like okay I'm not just this player who bounces around from team yeah. to team and does you know some things here some things there I'm on the Pelicans, I'm buying in, and I want to make my presence known on this team. Right. And I think the Pelicans want to pr- prove that they're yep. a legit contender. They're right. here to stay. Right. Yep. So this week, the Pelicans signed another player, guard Jarrett Jack, who has who's not – I wouldn't say he's a stranger to New Orleans because he was a former Hornet. Um, that makes it 19 players going into training camp. So it's going to be a very competitive training camp. It's not, no, Nothing is going to be given to anybody mm-hmm. besides, obviously – the people who are for sure signed, you know what I mean? But, like, it's going to be a competition, which is good because you want to start that competition early. Um, so, Jared Jacks, he's a 13-year vet, which is bringing that experience in the guard position that they're lacking right now because Alfred's pretty young. Frank Jackson's pretty young. Um, who else will be playing under guard? Huh? Who else will be playing under point guard? Frank, Alfred. Ian's, like, a two- Sometimes point guard. So, yeah, having that um, veteran presence from Jared Jack will be beneficial. 
Um, so we'll see how Better training camp. Leadership. Yeah, there you go. You need it. You know what I mean? It, it makes a difference. Um, training camp starts September 25th, and we'll have media availability throughout practice. So you guys look out for exclusive content from that on pelicans.com and our socials. Um, first preseason game is on Sunday, September 30th. So it's a lot going to be happening next week. We're excited. We're pumped for Pelican season. Saints season's already underway. It's a lot going on in New Orleans in this on airline drive. Here we go. <laughs> are you guys ready? We're life is about to get it. chaotic. Yeah, best time ready of the year. Or not. Look, are, life is here. getting chaotic. <laughs> Ashley probably has the most chaotic schedule out of all of us because she travels with Pelicans <laughs> and Saints some too. So, woo. Here we go. <laughs> there you go. Let's do it. Get along for the ride. Again, guys, Pelicans Media Day is on Monday, September 24th. Look out on our digital and social channels for recaps of that. Tuesday, the beginning of training camp for the Pels. And then if you're making the trip to Atlanta for the Saints versus Falcons game, head to NewOrleansSaints.com to check out the travel guide for information on best restaurants, directions, parking info, whatever you may need. And then if you can't make the trip, tune into the game on Fox 8 New Orleans or listen in at WWL 870 AM with Deuce McAllister and Zach Streif at 12 p.m. Central Time. And then if you want to have a little fun with the Saints, you can join us at the Rusty Nail on Sunday starting at 11.45 a.m. to tune into the game. The Saints stations will be there, and there will be chances to win some prizes, obviously food and drinks too. So hope to see you all there. Thanks for tuning in, and go Saints!